Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Crystal, did you block someone again? Desiree, you know shade is our love language. So grab your tea and get ready to sip. One eight seven seven white people. We're going to talk about little fires everywhere, and um, it's with Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington on Hulu, and it's fucking awesome. So I want to hear uh, how you felt about it and how long did it take you? It didn't take me long actually, because. Once we started watching it, I think we finished it in like two or three days. Must be nice. I watched that shit every week when it dropped. It was fucking terrible. Oh, God. We're on quarantine. Please just fucking drop it so we can all just binge watch and tweet about it. Yeah. Come the fuck on and watch a whole series. And so the series is based on a book. Um, from what I gathered from Twitter, from people that read the book, they said they assassinated Pearl's character. So I'd really, I really want to read the book and I want to know, how did you feel about the last episode? Can you keep the people questioning or do you feel like they're going to try to expand this and make it a season two? I feel like that's why they, they changed the ending from the book because they want to do another season. Right. But I also feel like Reese Witherspoon is the type to be like, no, that's it. You know, she's like... She's a big name in the game, not just by being an actress, but being like a women advocate mm-hmm. and literally being a director. She's been, she's the one that started Big Little Lies. Obviously she didn't write the book, but she like reads books, like thousands of books by women and create shows off of them. Yeah, with, she's amazing. With, yeah, with the author right by her side too. So I find that like really awesome. Like she's so about women directing films as they should. Yeah. I think it's great that we're seeing more and more shows and movies that actually cover real world problems. Agreed. Like that, I don't know if it was like 36 cents or 60 cents. And I love that parallel that they did in the show. So it was the Asian mom who had the child Mei Ling Mm -hmm. and she didn't have the 60 cents for formula. And the the white lady in the store was like, get out of my store. If it was a guy, I don't know. But it was a white person. And they're like, get out of my store. Izzy gets on the bus and doesn't have the same amount. And he's like, it's fine. Come on, kid. Like, that's such a strong parallel there. When she was in that store and she couldn't get the formula, do you think that happens still today? That people get turned away like that over 60 cents? I feel like yes. But I feel like I would hope that there's a lot more people that are willing to be like, I got you. You know what I'm saying? But like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's a really, that's a really good question because I feel like that's me putting a lot of faith in humanity. So I I don't know. Oh, and I wanted to ask you a question about Little Fires. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about Izzy's like protest thing at the school when she had the black babies, the white babies, the Asian babies, and the black baby was free, white baby was like a hundred dollars, whatever she did. How did you feel about that? Did you feel like that really did anything? (laughs) No, I didn't really understand it. And then when Mia was like, you're a white girl selling a black baby. Right. That's like all I saw, bitch. And I was like... I think she had good intentions, but a really horrible execution. (laughs) Right. It makes me think of things like Good Trouble or Your White People and Mm -hmm. things like that where they, like, show white people that are like, 
I'm supportive. I'm an ally. I'm this, I'm that. And they're like doing the most. And then the black girls are like, listen, you still have to realize you have white privilege and like, you're not one of us. Right. And I feel like that's kind of where like the lines were getting blurred with like Izzy doing that is she was acting more like Maya said, where she was like, girl, you think you're like, not this, but you're still privileged. Like you're acting like you don't have anybody, but you do. Right. Right. And I feel like that's like a really hard thing that a lot of people don't understand. Like, I'm never going to sit here and be like, I get the struggle, but I'm an ally. I'm going to post things. I'm going to help share the knowledge, but I can't say that I, that I'm part of it. I agree. And I appreciate that too. Cause I don't think obviously I could be friends with someone that's not like that. I, I have had friends like that. Honestly, I'm ashamed of the friends I had in high school and what I allowed and the type of behavior I allowed. To be around white people that I was literally allowing to say the N-word around me is fucking insane to me. Right. Like, I, like, I'm, like, disgusted of who I was in high school. But at the same time, I know that I was lost. I know that I had no voice. I didn't stick up for myself. I think that's why I'm such a bitch now because I used to have everyone walk all over me and just do whatever they wanted to do. And then I would blow up in anger and obviously you grow as a person so the woman the kid that I was back then compared to the woman that I am now definitely would not even allow one percent of that shit right no you wouldn't at all oh my god did you see that video of the Karen or Karen's or terrorists that I posted okay yeah I'm like really confused because I want to actually watch the I would like to find the original video because I don't get it so apparently apparently I've never been on live television before So yeah, the video starts off with him, from what I've heard, I haven't like researched it myself, so don't at me people, but from what I've heard is that she is at a, she's at the park and her dog is off leash and he just says, you need to put your dog on a leash and she fucking loses her shit, even though there's signs everywhere in the parks that say all dogs must be on leashes. And she was literally choking the dog out. <laughs> she almost killed him. Literally, like, she has to call the cops to say there's an African American man here scaring me. And literally, towards the end of the phone call, when she's on the call and stuff, she sounds like she's like in serious danger. And obviously, we got a little deep there with you viewers. Hopefully, there's more than one of you listening. That's not a hater. <laughs> um. No, I, I feel like our podcast isn't just going to be about raunchy. Like, we're going to talk about deep issues and light issues and fun. Like, we just want to really showcase who we are and how our friendship is. Because if we weren't recording right now, we would still literally be having this conversation. Right. So we just want to share that with you guys and really hope that you see us for who we are. We really, truly wanted to feel like you're just in our conversation. I mean, obviously, we do want to keep true to ourselves, and we want to have serious conversations. We know right now is a really sensitive time, but we do need to speak about George Floyd and all of the things that are going on. I do want to say rest in peace to him and condolences to his family, and unfortunately, This is not an isolated incident. This has been happening and it's going to continue to happening. And that's why we are in the middle of a pandemic as well as a revolution. That should be a a telling sign of how fed up people are around the world. They're going out and they're saying no justice, no peace. It's bigger than all of us. And speaking of all of us, People that are continuously preaching 
all lives matter, you sound very ignorant because no one is saying that your life doesn't matter. We're asking, why do black lives matter less? Right. And that's a really big issue. And that's the comments I'm constantly seeing. I think a lot of us are losing friends and getting in arguments with family members or talking about conversations we never had with family members or friends. But I think it's just a really sensitive topic and we want to speak our opinions and we know that people are going to disagree and some people are going to agree, but I feel like even though we don't know what kind of platform we have, whether we have one listener listening or we have a hundred, I think it's important to bring awareness. This has been going on and it's just now being filmed. Like for once, someone's finally filmed everything. And didn't you say something about that earlier? It's because someone filmed it from the beginning to end. We didn't see snippets. And anytime there were snippets, people were like, well, he was resisting arrest and this happened, this happened, and this happened. Well, we saw it from an outside perspective for the whole entire time. Right. And I feel like this is why this one sparked a revolution. I truly feel like that's a really big factor of it all because I feel that people used to justify it and say, well, he was doing this or he reached down for, yeah, we didn't know it was a phone. It could have been a gun. So I understand why the police officer used what the brutality that they used. But for once you see a man begging for his life and saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And there's people around him. So to me, I feel like that's why there's like a revolution happening. And that's exactly why it started. Because for once, nobody can make an excuse. Right. And I feel that people that are speaking out about the looting and not speaking out about the actual problem is also an issue here. I'm not going to get into details about how I feel about the looting, but be careful with the things that you're writing online and make sure you're doing your actual research because to constantly try to say they, them, you know you're saying black people because obviously the movement is Black Lives Matter. And most of the time it has been a white protester, an undercover cop that has started these lootings. Mm -hmm. And the, the looting that began in Target in Minneapolis was an undercover police officer, but also why people were looting is because they would refuse to sell to protesters. They would refuse to sell them milk and water for being maced. And also because they do fund a PD there. So I'm not sitting here going to say, I'm not going to get into the whole right and wrong about the looting because I feel like that takes away from the actual problem. Here. Mm -hmm. And if you look at people's videos that aren't making the media, protesters are actually now forming walls around targets and stores telling the rioters to stop. That's not what this is about. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing is I think what upsets a lot of people, including me, is there's a lot of white people that have been silent this entire time, but now you want to talk about the looting and the riots. But to neglect the entire meaning behind the riot is not okay. And I feel like check your history and see how revolutions have happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a hard thing for for a lot of people. And I just feel like as a white person, as an ally, to be silent right now makes no sense. 
if you think about the white people that are racist and the white people that say they don't see color and the white people that are just now starting to actually see what the black community has to go through if you think about those people do you think that they're listening to the black people protesting obviously not but it's going to take other white people sadly to get those white people to listen obviously they those white people are racist or ignorant they're not listening to the black people so without the white people's support and these white allies actually using the voice that they have and using their white privilege nothing's ever going to change i agree but i also do appreciate the people that you see in the videos i just saw one uh today when i left my mom's house it's a teenage white girl and there's a black teenage boy and he's in front of the police officers on his knees and she she literally jumps the line goes right in front of him and stands right in front of him. And then the police officers are trying to push like the black guy or whatever. And she's standing up in between them. And this is a teenage girl. Like she literally looked like she was 16, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And it's things like that that are powerful. Or another video where a white police officer started getting aggressive with a, a black protester, teenage boy. And a black police officer, a woman, jumps in between and starts, you know, telling the police officer no. And that's what we need to see. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, there was three cops also on George Floyd's body is, is crazy. And I feel like the saying that's like going around, a thousand good cops and ten bad cops. But if a thousand good cops don't, you know, check the the 10 bad cops and there's a 1,010 bad cops. Yep. If you're compliant towards it, then how are you helping? But we should see the empathy. We should see that. Because then, then there's going to be a respect that you care about my life. You care about my brother's life. You care about my black child's life. Yep. And the fact that people can't see their privilege, it's just honestly beyond me. Because yes, you might get pulled over by a cop and get nervous and get scared. And you're like, oh my God, like, but you're scared because you're like, am I going to get a ticket? What did I do? Mm -hmm. I'm scared and I'm like, is, it, is this the time I'm going to die? Are they going to like make me just get out of the car just because? Are they going to say that I have a weapon on me because of my phone? That's what doesn't run through your mind. Yeah. And I don't know. I just... No one's saying all lives don't matter. No one's saying all cops are bad. And that's the message that people don't understand. They hear Black Lives Matter and they're like, oh, so my life doesn't matter or Black Lives Matter more. And people think, oh, so you're saying all cops are bad? But it's, it's the same situation. Like, no one's saying all white people are racist. That's all you hear. Because they're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And there's like a book, and it was actually on Good Trouble. My friend, she's having, you know, these really open, honest dialogue conversations with her friends. And I feel like that part is also very important. Mm -hmm. And her friend told her she was buying these two books. And it was White Fragility. Mm-hmm why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. My friend also said she bought, I've never heard of this one, but it says, Stampede from the Beginning, The Definitive History of Racist Ideas. Hmm. I don't know what the rest says because it's just a screenshot. And then she sent that to my friend and said, I'm educating myself. And that's what's important here. Wow. Educate yourself. 
mm-hmm. before you automatically think that. Do I understand that cops are people too, and they have families, and their families are scared right now? Absolutely. I couldn't imagine feeling how they feel. But hopefully... Most of them aren't bad, but it's hard to feel that way. There's this guy I follow on social media named Ryan Doris. He's an athlete. He's got an MBA. He made a video on Instagram TV, and he said, you know, he was silent for a little while, not knowing how to handle all of the questions that he was receiving from all his white friends. And he's like, for so long, I was so upset with the white community because I just felt like they just didn't care. And he's like, but I've been being overwhelmed in my inbox with my white friends messaging me, actually asking me questions. And he was like, I was honestly really surprised that like, yeah, there are people that don't care, but a lot of people just really don't know. He's like, and you know, the black community, we've been talking about our struggles with each other for decades, but we don't talk about it to our white friends because it makes them uncomfortable. And he's like, that's where... I fucked up. I should be talking to my white friends about this stuff so that they actually know and can understand. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. Some people may not know, but they should be educating themselves. And he said, so like a lot of the questions I'm getting are like, what can I do to help? What do black people want? Why do black people make me feel so excluded? And what is institutional racism? And he's like, what you can do to help is he's like, think about it. If I'm hanging out with my bros and somebody's like, yo, look at that faggot over there. I'm going to be like, no, absolutely not. Or if someone's like, yo, I'm going to go roofie this girl later. I'm going to be like, no, absolutely not. He's like, do you think your friends and family that are racist are going to talk to me when I'm there and be like, yo, blah, 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 N-word? No. But if you hear that and I'm not there, you should have my back. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's pretty deep. Yeah, but it's deep, and but it's like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I get what he's saying, and I totally understand that perspective. And I also feel that friendships are categorized. Like, there are some friends you don't really have those deep conversations with. And there's people that you just talk to on social media, and it's just, like, about random things. Right. And... I just feel like if I'm genuinely considering you my friend, like my real friend, like not just like a friend that I just go out with or this, we probably already should have had those conversations because in order for me to consider you a friend, I have to open up who I am to you. Mm -hmm. But also I think that I've had friends that I've opened up who I am and what I've been through and it didn't matter to them. And they still said those like ignorant ass comments. And, you know, I was one of those people that posted on Facebook pretty much saying like your silence is really loud and it's showing me a lot. And if I delete you off of anything, just know that it's personal. But I also did state that if you don't want to speak about it socially, that I, and I don't agree with that, but... I've seen people's perspective on why they don't speak socially about it uh, or on social media about it. You should have a like conversation with me, whether you agree with it or not, whether you're confused, like you should have reached out to me as your black friend, as your black acquaintance that you talk to a couple of times out of the month, whatever the case may be. I feel like you should reach out. Mm-hmm. And it's just annoying because like writing that status, A, I didn't even think it was going to get the traction that I did on my page. I thought it was just going to be like people just scrolling because our news feed is just so much right now. Mm-hmm. But of course, there's a lot of people saying I stand with you and I've already seen their posts way before that. 
But the people that like posted something because an hour later they texted me after, that doesn't really feel genuine. You know, I think this is just saying a lot and you know, it's just a, it's a definitely a trying time. My circle is already really small and those people have been allies hard, you know, like constantly posting, constantly talking about it, reaching out to me, asking if I'm okay, how I'm feeling. And I appreciate that. It's nice to see people really going out there and trying to make a change and donating to George Floyd's cause and all of the other causes. It's, it's positive to see, you know, it's hard to feel positive during these times because I think all of the negative comments sometimes is kind of drowning out the positive people. Right. Yeah. People need to be showcasing the hope as well as the reality. In, in the perfect world, I hope that when Eloise is older, it's better. But like, think about like my ancestors and people that have fought for us to be able to share the same damn water fountain. Right. And like, not even let's not even go to slavery. Let's just go to segregation. And at the end of the day, we're still segregated. Mm-hmm. We're segregated in so many ways in America. It's bizarre to me. Like, I'm a black woman, but I can't just walk into any hair cuttery. And they know how to do my hair. Right. That's not how it is. And, you know, even my brother who's mixed and he goes, you know, to barbershops. We don't go to a white barbershop because he has textured hair. We go to, like, Hispanic and they have black people. Those are the barbershops we go to for him to cut his hair. And that's just like one example of like how it's still segregated in that way. I think that anyone should be able to walk into any hair salon and you should be able to do any type of hair. Right. Uh, What else did that guy say? Um, He explains institutional racism. What does he say? And he talks about institutional racism as... You know, he's like, I'm not saying that, like, there aren't white people that start off in poverty or, you know, there's not white people that don't have the education or the means to get there. I'm just saying, like, add all of that together plus the color of my skin. And he's like, we are still put in this little box. Like, he's like, do you know what's sad is like when one of us make it, Someone has to say, oh, man, you got out. Got out of what? Right. Like, why is there a place that we're still crawling out of? Why is it like one of us has to make it? And he's like, I consider myself pretty intelligent. I have an MBA. I have this. I have that. But, like, I had to get out to get there. He's like, you know, they'll they'll try to give us, like, a little, a little something. Like, oh, here's, like, some welfare. Or here's this or here's that. But it's just, like, little little pieces here and there. Right. I'm trying to like go in on exactly like what he said, but it was like this whole video on just pretty much saying how institutional racism is everywhere. Like in our school system, in our job fields, with college, everything. Yeah. And then one of the questions is like, why do black people make me feel so excluded? And he talks about America needs to stop seeing black people as a race and start seeing black people as a culture. And it's not an exclusion. He's like, it's not an exclusion. He's like, if you see Italians over there just speaking Italian in a group and like, they're just like, oh, they're just being Italian. If you see Jewish people doing this, you're just like, oh, they're just being Jewish. But if you see black people doing something that's their culture, then you're like, why aren't you like us? 
why won't you be more like us instead of just letting us have our culture? Exactly. And I was like, damn, that's really deep. And that's like, yeah. I to think about it, but I don't think a lot of people do. No. And I feel like that was a really good, like analogy to mm -hmm. use. That like that, I feel like that's really true. I'm not African American. I'm Haitian, so I already have a culture to myself, anyways. But I never really thought about it from like a Black American how it is for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's not seen as a culture, which is weird. Yeah, he he mentions that as well. He goes in to say like, I'm not from Nigeria. I'm not going. I'm not going there. I'm not from Africa. I'm not going there. He's like, what I don't understand is like, I am American. We all came to America at the same time. We were brought over here with you. We are just as American. I'm not going anywhere. Right. And he's like, so I don't understand why we're, our culture is not recognized. And it's so true. I like, I didn't even see it in that perspective as like, we look at everyone else from other countries and we just like, we don't think twice. We're just like, oh, they're just like living their culture. But why don't we give that same thought process to the black community? I completely agree with that. Really do. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting perspective. And he's like, I'm not here to fuel white guilt or to vent as an angry black man. I just want to open the lines of communication to my own community to not feel sorry for us, but instead gain a new perspective of their fellow American. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And it's just crazy, like, just sharing something. And that's another thing that really upsets me. Like, I I get being scared to say the wrong thing mm -hmm. because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or act like I understand something that I'm not a part of. But I also think it's important that if you don't know what to say, there are plenty of people in the Black community saying it, and they're not asking you to share your own stories or be your own voice they're asking you to be their voice to share their stories to make it known in public that this is real yep and so if you don't know what to say then you should be sharing what they have to say honestly this conversation just makes you me love you so much more seriously <laughs> it's it's real because i just couldn't imagine not having like considering you my best friend and like let's say this wasn't your point of view at all and this is not how you were seeing everything that that would destroy me like to hear the things that you're saying and it's just it's just beautiful to hear and i and i truly appreciate it i really do i couldn't imagine anything happening to like you or your mom or your brother just because of the color of your skin right like it's just crazy and like you know, sometimes I, I don't even think about all of the little struggles that you like that go through your head. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so like, as a lesbian, not even close to the same, but as a lesbian, when I like book a trip or like start a new job, I think in my head, like, once I start telling people that I'm gay, are they going to start treating me different? Should, am I going to be scared for my life if I go somewhere and like hold hands in public? And you take that small little area that I think of like, occasionally and think like black people think that every single day when they do something exactly and i and i think that way being a black woman who's also queer it's even like scarier yeah i can't i can't even imagine yeah and that's why like i've seen a tweet and i think i posted on my story before and it was just like 
you know, obviously there's a lot of homophobic people and it was just like, oh, because you guys choose to be gay. And a black woman was like, do you think I would choose to have another struggle? You think I would choose to have another struggle when I'm already a black woman in America and I'm also queer? That's so real. Like I would never want to choose that. It's just who I am. But I love the skin that I was born in. And even though that comes with a lot of oppression and it comes with difficulties, I think I'm beautiful and I think my people are beautiful and I'm going to continue to love my brown skin. It's just unfortunate. So many people will always judge me from that. You know, I've had a lot of like racist encounters. Like when Eloise was just born, she's a mixed child, but she is black. And we were at Walmart in Apopka, which is a more dominantly like very country area and me and her father we were walking or whatever and he was like walking up and this white guy was like that's disgusting like that you guys are disgusting just because we were black and white and had a mixed child and it's just like shit like that it's crazy or like you you're really pretty for a black girl Yeah. Or I've always wanted to fuck a black girl. Like, it's fucking, it's gross. And if you can't see the racism in that, that's fucking wild. Right. Like, come on. And it's crazy that people think that racism hasn't still been a thing all this time. I honestly don't understand that. Like, my friend just called me today, and she was just like, she's like, I have to tell you about this post. And so she's telling me about what her friend said. It was very ignorant. And she was like, and... She literally said, racism hasn't even been a thing. Where Are you even living under a rock? (laughs) I have no words for that. I feel like I will never say, because I don't believe this, that racism and homophobia will ever be gone. Because it's, at the end of the day, it is taught. Can a child grow out of that? Absolutely. If they do their own research when they get older. So I don't know. I just, I want to have the hope that you're speaking about, but, and maybe it's just because I'm in it right now and I'm just like really, really sad, but I just, I like don't see it happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like it'll ever go away either. Yeah. I just feel like people will be more aware now. I think police officers need to be retrained. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be a longer training. Um, I don't think you should be able to be a cop in what, six months or something. And to be a lawyer, it takes eight years and they have to know all of the laws. And so do police officers make it make sense. That's a really good point. I mean, I just feel like, yes, I understand they have a badge, but when are they going to be held accountable for their actions? That was straight murder that happened and this is not the first time did you see how george floyd's family did their own autopsy and the results came back different yep my mom and i were just speaking about that obviously they were trying to cover it up Mm -hmm. of course they were and you know how many files they probably have like that i'm just waiting for the media to come out and say that like they lied and their autopsy wasn't really accurate or something you know what I mean like try to make it sound like that there's no way of course that's what they're gonna do because they don't want people to be in more uproar Mm -hmm. I just I feel like a lot of black people that have a really influential platform are not using it correctly and it's really unfortunate and sad to see and just like 
example, Kylie Jenner, she could do a lot more than she's doing. Like you were with a black man, your child is half black. And she just tweeted and said, I didn't really care for Snapchat's update. And Snapchat lost $1.3 billion that day. Wow. Because so many people uninstalled the app after her tweet. Can you imagine, like, having that type of power on your platform, but you're choosing, like, yeah, at first, all the sisters did, all the Kardashian-Jenner clan, all they did was post, like, two little things on their story. But, like, what are you doing? How are you contributing? How are you helping? You're a billionaire. And then you come onto Twitter when all of this is happening, and you start getting upset about the Forbes trying to take away uh, that you're not actually a billionaire. And so you start tweeting about that. And then someone tweeted her, this is like what you're really worried about right now. She's like, no, this is actually the least of my worries. Then why the fuck are you tweeting about it? Right. Like make it fucking make sense. Like, and that's the thing. Like you have to be careful when you're a black person, who you lay in bed with and who you try to procreate with. Because are they the ones that are actually going to stand behind you? Like, I've seen some ignorant posts where a white girl was just like, well, why do I have to, I don't have to say anything about this shit just because I take a black man's dick, which is what they said, and I have mixed children or want mixed children. I shouldn't have to say anything. Can you imagine being that fucking ignorant? And there's so many people like that. So... As a black person, if you're in an interracial relationship, which I've been in plenty, please make sure that you know who you're laying next to in that way. And will they stand for you? And I'm, and I'm embarrassed and disgusted to say that I've been with people that don't actually support me and think I'm an exception from black people, which is not a fucking thing. Right. And my partner is Spanish and white, so she is, you know, interracial she she does look more spanish and she does look mixed but she has been very vocal to me on social media to constantly be like i'm here i'm here to to fight with you mm-hmm. and i just think that as a black person and if you're in an interracial relationship it's just very important to have these type of conversations 100%. we wanted to end this podcast with a moment of silence and say their names Eric Garner, John Crawford III, Michael Brown, Azelle Ford, Dante Parker, Laquan McDonald, George Mann, Tanisha Anderson, Tamir Rice, Romaine Brisbane, Frank Smart, Natasha McKenna, Tony Robinson, Anthony Hill, Maya Hall, Philip White, Eric Harris, Walter Scott, William Chapman II, Alexia Christian, Brendan Glenn, Victor Emanuel LaRosa, Jonathan Sanders, Freddie Blue, Joseph Mann, Salvato L. Ellswood, Sandra Bland, Albert Joseph Davis, Darius Stewart, Billy Ray Davis, Brian Keith Day, Christian Taylor, Troy Robinson, Ashams Pharaoh Manley, Felix Kumi, Keith Harrison McLeod, Junior Prosper, Lamontez Jones, Patterson Brown, Dominic Hutchinson, Anthony Ashford, Alonzo Smith, Tyree Crawford, India Kager, Levante Biggs, Michael Lee Marshall, Jamar Clark, Richard Perkins, 
Jenkins, Nathaniel Harris Pickett, Benny Lee Tigner, Miguel Espinal, Michael Noel, Kevin Matthews, Betty Jones, Quintonio Legreer, Keith Childress Jr., Janet Wilson, Randy Nelson, Anthony Scott, Wendell Celestine, David Joseph, Dijon Perkins, Christopher Davis, Marco Loud, Peter Gaines, Tori Robinson, Darius Robinson, Kevin Hicks, Mary Truxillo, Demarcus Seamer, Willie Tillman, Terrell Thomas, Alton Sterling, Orlando Castile, Terrence Crutcher, Paul O'Neill, Alteria Woods, Jordan Edwards, Aaron Bailey, Ronell Foster, Stefan Clark, Antoine Rose II, Botham Jean, Pamela Turner, Dominique Clayton, Atiana Jefferson, Christopher Whitfield, Christopher McCorvey, Eric Reason, Michael Lorenzo Dean, Brianna Taylor, and George Floyd. These are some of the lives that we have lost due to police brutality. Rest in peace. You are in our prayers. Your family is in our prayers. And we are sorry. I know some people know racism exists and ignore it, but I also strongly believe in education and helping people understand that truly don't know. I believe if more white people don't start speaking up and sharing what they see and learn, then change won't ever happen. I know I'll never understand exactly what the black community goes through, but I'll always be here helping spread awareness and hopefully helping make a change. And I get it. I get the sentiment of you'll never understand, but I think uh, at least, at least just not make us invisible anymore. I think at least just putting us on the radar of America help saying like, hey, this problem is legit. It's just not some victimized complaint that these people have. So thank you. Thank you. You're on uh, hopefully what I think is the right side of history in this world and country, which has always been progressive. This country has never been regressive and went into the dark ages. Um, So thank you, dude. Do appreciate it.